Brad Page here with the I'm in Love with That Song podcast. So, you've got some favorite songs, right? My guess is you got a bunch of them. Do you ever wonder what it is about those songs that grabbed you, that makes you love them? Is it the lyrics? Is it the way the song sounds? The performances? Well, that's what we get into in this podcast. We don't talk about music theory or get too technical here. We just do some serious listening to my favorite songs to get a better understanding of what makes them a great song. It's just my opinion, but I think the five greatest bands to come out of England in the 1960s were The Beatles, The Rolling Stones, The Who, The Kinks, and The Small Faces. Now, I bet most people have heard of at least four of those five, and we've listened to those bands on this show before. But I don't think most people know much about Small Faces. So let's rectify that and give some love to a band that I think is really underrated. Let's listen to Small Faces and Tin Soldier. We'll be right back after this. Small Faces, and technically it is just Small Faces, not The Small Faces, formed in London in 1965. Bass player and singer Ronnie Lane and drummer Kenny Jones had a band called The Outcasts in 1963 and then later The Pioneers. One day, Ronnie walked into a local music store to buy a new bass guitar, and he met guitarist-vocalist Steve Marriott, who was working in the store at that time. Marriott had grown up in a musical family and spent some time as a child actor. He starred in the musical Oliver and recorded the soundtrack album when he was 13. Marriott had been playing in a local band called The Moments, but one night Marriott joined Ronnie and the Pioneers on stage for an impromptu jam during which Marriott managed to trash the pub's piano, resulting in the whole band being thrown out of the club. Afterwards, Steve and Ronnie formed a band with Kenny Jones on drums and an organ player named Jimmy Langwith, who used the stage name of Jimmy Winston. They booked some gigs, but they needed a name. Winston's girlfriend had made a comment about how Marriott, Lane, and Jones were all short, and she said they had small faces. But in the British mod culture of the time, being called a face meant that you were fashionable and charismatic, so they liked the dual meaning of small faces and kept it as their name. They started out by playing R&B covers, which is what the mods were into, and Steve Marriott had a great voice for those kinds of songs. He could really shine on those soulful tunes. They played songs by James Brown, Jimmy Reed, Smokey Robinson, Rufus Thomas. They weren't writing their own material yet. They were just happy playing the R&B songs that the mods loved and they became one of the most popular bands on the mod scene. Don Arden, the infamous impresario and father of Sharon Osbourne, signed on as their manager, and they got a record deal with Decca Records. 
Not long after that, Jimmy Winston left. He became an actor, and he was replaced by Ian McLoggin on keyboards. By now, they were writing their own material, and they recorded their first album, released in May 1966. Small Faces had quite a bit of success in the UK, but hadn't cracked the US yet. They were set to tour America, but Ian McLoggin got busted for a small amount of hash, which meant he wouldn't be allowed in the US, and the tour was cancelled. That did not help their chances for breaking into the American market. By the end of 1966, they split with Don Arden and signed a new deal with Immediate Records, the label started by the manager of the Rolling Stones, Andrew Luke Oldham. By this time, the mod trend had faded out a bit and small faces began experimenting more, right along with the Beatles, the Who, Pink Floyd. This was an amazing time for rock music when all kinds of musical exploration was happening. Their deal with Immediate Records gave them much more time and freedom in the studio, and their recordings, along with their songwriting, evolved. And they were working with recording engineer Glenn Johns, who would go on to become one of the all-time great record producers. Though Small Faces were an R&B band at heart, they had their biggest hits and did some of their best work with some psychedelic masterpieces that I think rank among the best songs that came out of the 1960s. Their first step beyond their earlier pop hits was Here Comes the Nice, released in June 1967. followed that with their biggest hit, Ichiku Park, released in August 67. Over bridge of sights To rest my eyes in shades of green Under dreaming spots To Ichiku Park, that's where I've been What did you do there? I got high What did you feel there? Someday soon, we'll come back and revisit that song. By this point, the band felt that their image was a little too poppy, so they wanted their next single to hit harder and return a little bit to their R&B roots. Steve Marriott began writing Tin Soldier about a girl that he was infatuated with, Jenny Rylance, and he was trying to win her over. Eventually he did. He married her in May 68. Patricia Ann Cole professionally known as P.P. Arnold, was a former member of Ike and Tina Turner's backup singers, the Ikeettes. She was working in London and was also signed to Immediate Records. Steve Marriott was going to give Tin Soldier to P.P. Arnold for her album, but when he and Ronnie Lane finished writing the song, they decided to keep it for themselves. They did invite P.P. Arnold to sing on their recording, 
and her vocals are a key part of the chorus. If you search for Tin Soldier on YouTube, you'll find a clip of Small Faces performing this song on British TV with P.P. Arnold prominently featured. It's worth checking out. Tin Soldier was released in December 1967. Along with Steve Marriott and P.P. Arnold on vocals, the song includes Marriott's guitar, Ronnie Lane on bass and vocals, Ian McLagan on keyboards, and Kenny Jones on drums. The song was produced by Marriott and Lane, and Glyn Johns was the recording engineer. The song begins with three layered keyboard parts, a piano, a Wurlitzer electric piano, and an organ, all played by Ian McLagan. There's also an acoustic guitar in the background there, too. Ronnie Lane joins in on bass and Kenny Jones on drums, playing the hi-hat and the rim of his snare drum, which has a tick-tock feel, almost like a clock ticking. Next, Steve Marriott's electric guitar will come in, and I really love the sound of the guitar here. It's nothing spectacular about the tone, it just sounds great. <laughs> There's a stray sound there off to one side. I think that's just something picked up by Steve Marriott's vocal mic before he starts singing. He's going to shout out a come on before the verse comes in. The drums are all in now. And there's another vocal ad-lib by Marriott. I like that little guitar lick there. And Marriott is singing relatively softly, close to the mic, trying to create as intimate a vocal as possible. Now, Glenn Johns, the recording engineer, did something very cool with the sound of the snare drum here. Olympic Studios, where they recorded the song, had a room in the basement that they used as an echo chamber. He put a speaker in that room and a microphone. He piped the sound of the snare drum through that speaker and used the mic to pick up the sound of the echo in that room and then mix that reverberant sound back into the song bringing up the volume of that reverb as loud as the snare drum itself, if not louder. Listen to just the instrumental track to really hear that sound. Let's bring the vocals back in and listen to the rest of that verse. Next, as we get to the pre-chorus, 
The band is going to kick it up a notch, and the vocals ratchet up the intensity too, building towards the chorus. And when they get there, they go up another level of intensity. This is how you build to a crescendo. Okay, let's go back and break that down a bit. We'll start with the tail end of the softer verse. The guitar gets heavier and louder now. They hit three accents to launch us into the chorus. Vocals panned to one side. The drums, bass, and organ really drive the chorus here. Let's listen to the instrumental track. Listen to how Kenny Jones is just hammering every beat on the snare and the cymbals at the same time. Now, at the end of the chorus, they go into a bridge that really shows their R&B roots. Did you catch that little grunt that Steve Marriott throws in there? He also lets out a great scream right after that. Let's take it from the top of the bridge and let it play through. Check out the piano note he keeps pounding out. His vocals are great there. Let's just listen to the vocal track for a minute. Dig those la-la-las there. The bridge leads us right back into another chorus, and there's a great bass part here, too. And listen to how Ronnie Lane's bass leads us back into the verse. You can really hear those low piano notes here. that blast of organ there. Oh, no. 
Marriott belts out some great yeah yeahs there before the chorus returns. Let's listen to the vocals again for this final chorus, and you can definitely hear P.P. Arnold's backing vocals. After that last chorus, there's a dramatic big finale. Marriott puts it all on the table with his vocal performance while the band just churns behind him, and it all rises to a conclusion with a choir building a wall of sound before the ending. Let's listen to that. Soldier by Small Faces. Is there such a thing as love at first sight? I don't know about people, but it certainly happens with music. I had heard of the Small Faces and knew a little bit about them, but I'd never really listened to them until I worked in a record store in the 1980s. We used to have free reign to play whatever we wanted in the store, so one day I pulled an album out of the import bin called The Autumn Stone, it was kind of a best-of Small Faces collection, and I put it on the turntable and fell in love right away. All the songs were so great in that adventuresome yet naive way that only songs from the 60s have. I've loved this band ever since. If you're interested in checking out more Small Faces music, that album is as good a place as any to start. Steve Marriott quit the band at the end of 1968, and he formed Humble Pie with Peter Frampton. The remaining members of Small Faces recruited Ron Wood on guitar and Rod Stewart on vocals and shortened their name to just The Faces. Steve Marriott died in a fire in 1991. Ronnie Lane was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in the late 70s. There was a handful of legendary benefit concerts called The Arms Concerts, that raised money for Ronnie Lane's care, and the concerts featured some of the biggest rock stars in history, including Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, Jimmy Page, Bill Wyman, and Charlie Watts. They all came out to support Ronnie. He eventually passed away from complications of the disease in 1997. Ian McLoggan had a long career as an in-demand session player and road warrior, playing on recordings and on tour with everyone from the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan to Billy Bragg and Lucinda Williams. McLoggan died from a stroke in December 2014. Kenny Jones became Keith Moon's replacement in The Who, and he played on their last two albums and final tours before they split in the 80s. Kenny Jones is the last surviving member of Small Faces. And that will do it for this episode of the I'm in Love With That Song podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. If you'd like to catch up on all our previous episodes, you can find them all on our website, lovethatsongpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook. Just search for the I'm in Love With That Song podcast. You'll find us. 
And you can follow the show on Twitter, along with a bunch of other great podcasts at PopStaffTweets. Please share this episode with your friends, and if you got a minute, write a review on Apple Music or wherever you listen to the show. And though I probably don't say it enough, please support the music you love by buying the album or the CD or the MP3 files. Spend a little bit of your hard-earned cash, because these artists worked hard to make this music. All right, thanks again for listening, and let's go out in style with Tin Soldier by Small Faces. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.